as we get ready to go into scripture together and as I get ready to uh, sermonate with you all, um, may we bow our heads and prepare our hearts, our minds, and our souls. Lord, I'm found uncomfortable this morning. I am found uncomfortable not in being here at church, not in being online with folks wherever this finds them. I'm found uncomfortable, Lord, because I miss these folks. And I miss someone in particular. So I ask, dear Lord, that you be with me this morning and you strengthen me. That you warm my heart and my soul. And that you refresh my mind. That you be with these folks wherever they are. that you let them know in your own special way that they are not alone, that you are with them, that you are always with us. May the words that I share with these folks today be refreshing, May it be what it is that they exactly need at this point in time. May we learn something together. May we have fun with it. That is what I lift up to you at this point in time. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I wanted to, well, I wanted to incorporate this in the prayer that I was about to preach, but, um, or pray, but I wanted to share this with you. Uh, Randy and Chelsea sing one of my favorite songs, and the favorite line from that song is, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. Lord. I had always heard that song one way, which was that this place, but that's not what it's about at all. It's this place. So may we be flooded. I am in uh, Luke chapter 24, verses uh, 13 through 35. Encounter on the Emmaus Road. On that same day, two disciples were traveling to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. While they were discussing these things, Jesus himself arrived and joined them on their journey. They were prevented from recognizing him. He said to them, What are you talking about as you walk along? They stopped, their faces downcast. The one named 
Cleopas replied, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who is unaware of the things that have taken place there over the last few days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus of Nazareth. Because of his powerful deeds and words, he was recognized by God and all the people as a prophet. But our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be sentenced for death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was one, the one who would redeem Israel. All these things happened three days ago. But there's more. Some women from my group have left us stunned. They went to the tomb early this morning and didn't find his body. They came to us saying that he had, they had seen a vision of angels who told them he is alive. Some of those things, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women said. They didn't see him. And then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, your dull minds keep you from believing all the pro- what, what the prophets had talked about. Wasn't it necessary for Christ to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then he interpreted for them the things written about himself and all the scriptures, starting with Moses and going through all the prophets. When they came to Emmaus, he acted as if he was going on ahead, but they urged him saying, stay with us. It's nearly evening and the day is almost over. And so he went to stay with them. And after he took his seat at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to him. Their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. They said to each other, weren't our hearts on fire when he spoke to us along the road and when he explained the scriptures for us? They got up right then and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying to each other, the Lord really has risen. He appeared to Simon. And then the two disciples described what had happened along the road And how Jesus had made known to them as he broke the bread. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Um, For this week's announcement, Ross stole my thunder just a little bit. When he was done letting us know what he needed to know, he shared with us a homily based on this week's lectionary. The scripture that I just read and that I'm about to preach from today. As he began sharing his homily, he told us an assignment given to him at uh, school when he was pursuing his master's in, or is it of, divinity. That is a thought for the ages. To tell a story in the Bible as if it had happened today. So... Turnabout being fair play, and since I'm the guy who has the last turn at the microphone and the camera, I will tell this story from my point of view as if it happened today. As with any good story, you need some tunes. Randy, are you listening to this? You need some tunes. Or at least I do. I, I, uh, music is a big deal for me. I've got to have the tunes blasting in the car. And what comes to mind for me is Bruce Springsteen's Blinded by the Light. And I guess if I had known that you were going to be playing the piano this morning, I would have called you and requested that you played the Manford Man version. Okay, so like Chelsea could have been, oh, this would have been perfect. Oh, if I had only known. So Chelsea would have been on the piano playing that organ, you know, uh, part of the Manford Man song. And then you could have been on the drums doing the cymbals. Oh, this, oh man, opportunities missed. 
so Manfred Mann version, there's the organ and there's the cymbals. It's at the beginning of the song. Everybody, as soon as you hear it, you know it. And as with most of us who should try to make out, uh, who, who we try to make out every word when we should simply just hum along to the song, I always thought the words to the song were blinded by the light, wrecked up like a deuce, another runner in the night. But my mistake in trying to make out the words of this song served me well in telling my story. You and I, you and I, are making our way down a dark desert highway, cool wind in our hair. The feeling of the heat from the day rising off the asphalt, but just up to our chest. From there, we can feel the cool night air begin to make its way down to the ground. I hold a gas can between us. Yes, we have run out of gas, and we are making our way into town. As every day is now like Sunday, there is no traffic on the road at all. None. This particular Sunday has us shattered and blue, for a good friend of ours has died. It wasn't like he slipped peacefully away from us. He died a brutal death where he struggled to breathe. He was young, fit. He walked everywhere he went, some say even on water. He was strong and in good health, and we thought he would live and reign among us forever. He had a big personality. People wanted to be around him, which was strange because we thought he was an architect of things to come, and now we know he was more like a pipe bomb ready to blow. We never felt comfortably numb around him, for he could make you comfortable and uncomfortable all at the same time. We are reminiscing together, you and I, sharing memories of who he was or who he, who we thought he was. As good as he was making us comfortably uncomfortable, he made us think and question our very own existence. Made us rethink what we thought we already knew of what the wise men would say as we fools would go rushing in, not listening as we should have. We thought we knew him. We thought we knew what he was about. We thought when we shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, that he had come to lift the weight of our oppressors off of us. Little did we know or care to know. The moon shines bright as headlights on the interstate, and up ahead we follow the headlights down a broken fence line as the car makes its way towards us on the other side of the highway. As if we, it knew we were there, the car, no, no, it's a van, uh, no, a minivan. It cuts across the median of the highway. Here comes Jesus in an astro van rolling down the strip again. But we don't know it's Jesus because we have been blinded by the light and we are wrecked up deuces just running to get gas in the night. The guy behind the wheel slides the door open and tells us to hop in. He will give us a ride to get gas. How did he know? Oh, right, the gas can in my hand. He asks us what's got us down. 
So we do the best we can to tell him the story of our friend and the amazing life he lived, the even more amazing things he did. This guy driving, he seems to know our friend better than we do. He tells us, almost singing, sometimes in our lives we all have pain, we all have sorrow, but if we are wise, we know that there's always tomorrow. Lean on your friend when you're not strong. He'll be your friend. He'll help you carry on. This explains a lot about our friend who has passed. Our drive to the gas station is not long, and we gas up quick. And as we pile back into the Astro van, we all seem to say at once that we are hungry. There's a diner across the way from the gas station, and we all decide that it looks good. looks like a good place to eat, so we all pile in and go over there. We order quickly, and then after putting our order in, the waitress comes back with a homemade loaf of bread and an open bottle of wine to share with us as we wait for our food. Our new friend gives us an informal blessing of this bread and wine, and it is in that instant we recognize him for who he really is, Jesus. And he drives an Astro van. Our attention is caught by a crash in the kitchen, and we, when he turned back around, he's gone. The van, too. We quickly eat, and then we head back to the car to put the gas in. Oh, the gas can, for those of you who are watching for the plot. Um, we left it outside of the van so it didn't smell up the car. When we start the car, we notice that the gas gauge says the tank is full. We hurriedly turn the car back the same way we came, and we just tell and we go. We must tell our friends what happened, and that Jesus is indeed risen and alive, and He drives an Astro van. For me, there are a few things to catch in this story we find in Luke, and I want to mention a few of them from for you from Scripture. The first is in verse sixteen. They were prevented from recognizing him. The second is from verse um, 18. Cleopas. And then the next is in verse 21. Redeem Israel. Cleopas and his friend had hoped Jesus would liberate Israel from the Romans. I'm reading from a common English study Bible. Where is this Emmaus? This obscure village that no one seems to know where it is or able to find it, even today. Has it been enveloped by modern day Jerusalem? Who are these folks walking down the road, this Cleopas? Were they followers? Or were they all in and disciples? Were they present with Jesus and the other disciples for the Passover meal? Were they more concerned that Jesus would redeem free Israel from the Romans? Were they zealots who never really understood what Jesus was all about? But the main thing that stands out for me the most is that these guys didn't recognize Jesus. Mary Magdalene didn't recognize Jesus. 
the 12 disciples didn't recognize Jesus. In the moment that they first see him, they all seemed wrecked up like a deuce, another runner in the night. Some 25 years ago or so, maybe it was 20, I'd driven to El Paso to see my dad. I think I had driven down from Denver, or maybe it was Austin. Having driven nine hours, I was a bit stretched out by the road. Uh, you know, that, that feeling that you get when you've been in the car all day and it's kind of like jet lag. I was tired, hungry, thirsty. And then I didn't quite know what to expect when I arrived. But what I remember was not what I expected. I do remember this. It had been a hot summer. A hot summer in Denver and an even hotter summer in El Paso. My dad had done an estate sale a few weeks before. And what was left over in the closet was a brand new pair of Bermuda shorts, a, brand, uh, a few brand new Hawaiian shirts, and a brand new pair of Birkenstocks. If you knew my dad, he was not a Bermuda Hawaiian Birkenstock shirt, shoes, shorts wearing kind of guy. But all of these items were my dad's size. Oh, and there was something else left over that my dad decided to take along with his new summer ensemble, and I'll reveal that in just a moment. As I told you, I was tired, hungry, and thirsty. I was driving a car that summer that had no air conditioning, and I had been driving all day. I was hot tired. I pulled up to my dad's place, the one that one of my dad's friends called Disneyland on the Rio Grande. And getting out of the car, I came around uh, one of my dad's buildings, uh, this building that looks like a, a schoolhouse, but it's got a commercial kitchen in it and a couple bathrooms. And it was confronted by a Rottweiler uh, barking and baring its teeth at me, and I froze in my tracks. I didn't remember my dad having a dog. And just then, a man came around and said in a loud and boisterous hello. He was dressed in a Hawaiian shirt, Bermuda shorts, Birkenstocks, and had the weirdest shade of red hair I had ever seen. I can still remember it in my head. He called me by name and asked how I was, and the dog immediately let its guard down and came running to me for a pet and a lick. I did not know who this man was or how he knew my name, and yet he knew me, where I'd come from, and wanted to know how to drive and how I was. It took me a minute. Actually, it took me a few minutes. In fact... I asked the man where my dad was, and the man answered that he was my dad. That fourth thing that my dad had taken from the estate sale was cases and cases of Grecian formula that had turned his snow-white hair into this ridiculous shade of red. I 
didn't recognize my own father. Mary Magdalene wakes up early to take care of the body of Jesus, only to find him not there. She asks the gardener, where have you taken him? Jesus' own close friends, all of them didn't recognize him. Two men walking on the road from Jerusalem, talking to each other about the loss of their friend, come upon another man who seems to know their friend and that, that he seems to know their friend, the loss of their friend, better than they do. He affirms and confirms the scriptures of Moses and the prophets and how and why Jesus did what he did. And they invite this man to dinner, and it is in the breaking of the bread and the pouring of the wine that Jesus was revealed to them. Their grief wiped away from their eyes, or in the moment they were lost and now they see. Or was it the whole time that their eyes were open wide shut? Their vision obscured due to their own unwillingness to see the things the way Jesus wants us to see them. Then poof, he's gone. Maybe in an astral van. As I was driving over here this morning, listening to the song that I stole that line from, as I sat here preparing myself, getting ready to sermonate to y'all, something hit me. It is not Jesus that has been changed by his resurrection. Meaning, he, yes, died a bloody mess. And he was wrapped up quickly and laid in a tomb because the Sabbath was coming. And then on that Sunday morning, he is to be cleaned up and prepared for burial. But that's not how the story goes. He, in our creator's mysterious way, is resurrected, and he's still Jesus. And I think the reason why Mary Magdalene, the 12 disciples, and these two men cannot recognize him, it's because it's not that Jesus was changed by the resurrection. It's that we were changed by the resurrection. What is the meaning of all this? The story of Luke's that is known as the beautiful story was meant for an audience that lived when the apostles were dying or were already dead. Yet the story of two men walking to Emmaus reminds us 
that we do not have to be apostles to experience the epiphany of Jesus Christ. One could be so little known that you could be holed up in your house during a pandemic when it feels like no one knows your name. In fact, leaving out the name of the other disciple in the story, invitation for all of us to participate in it. We do not need to sit at the feet of the earthly Jesus or have him sit at ours washing them to know Jesus. In fact, Jesus continues to make himself unknown to these two guys until he makes himself known at the breaking of the bread and the pouring of the wine. For every time you do this, do it in remembrance of me. In this story of two guys on the road to Emmaus, or you and I on a dark desert highway, cool breeze in our hair, the warm smell of poppies in the air, being picked up by a guy in an astrovan, we can be encouraged to take heart from the fact that the resurrected Jesus revealed himself to little known to us followers. In an obscure place, in a humble home, over a shared meal. Yes, you can argue that Jesus came alive again through the resurrection. But I'm going to argue that it was not he that was changed. It was us that was changed. And it is our job to recognize that. By the way, the correct words to blinded by the light are blinded by the light, revved up like a deuce, as in a 32-deuce Ford, another runner in the night. May we, are, may we allow ourselves to be blinded by the light of redemption of our Redeemer, to be revved up as we were created to be by our Creator, knowing that we will always be sustained by our sustainer. Amen.